right, so continuing in chapter 1, we finished off on page 22. So we will pick up again there. And actually, there's a couple things I wanted to... I don't know if everybody got a chance to reread uh, chapter 1. If not, I'm going to... I want to read a couple parts from 21 and 22 just to kind of set the table. Before that, though, <clears throat> I want to clarify. Um, I've been thinking about it the last two weeks. Last time we talked, we talked about the importance of prayer, and I compared it to the importance of Scripture. And I, I, I want to make sure you understand what I wasn't saying. I wasn't saying Scripture is not important. I was just trying to say, I, th I think most of us would understand that reading the Bible is important. Absolutely. It is our food. Though I don't know how many people would, would understand the vitality that is in prayer. The importance. It is our breath. So I was just trying to not diminish Scripture, but elevate the importance of prayer. So hopefully you understood that. So on page 21, um, there's this quote. Sorry. Um, it's under fellowship with God. There's a quote by E.M. Bounds. I just wanted to read that because I think it, it really sets the tone for so much of this chapter. He says, prayer is not a meaningless function or duty to be crowded into the busy or weary ends of the day. And we are not obeying our Lord's command when we content ourselves with a few minutes upon our knees in the morning rush or late at night when the faculties, tired with the tasks of the day, call out for rest. God is always within call. It is true. His ear is ever attentive to the cry of his child, but we can never get to know him if we use the vehicle of prayer as we use the telephone for a few words of hurried conversation. Intimacy requires development. We can never know God <clears throat> as it is our privilege to know him by brief and fragmentary and unconsidered repetitions of intercessions that are requests for personal favors and nothing more. This is not the way in which we can come into communication with heaven's king. The goal of prayer is the ear of God, a goal that can only be reached by patient and continued and continuous waiting upon him, pouring out our heart to him and permitting him to speak to us. Only by, doing, only by so doing can we expect to know him. And as we come to know him better, we shall spend more time in his presence and find that, find that presence a constant and ever-increasing delight. The heart of this chapter, a heart set on God, is to direct our mind and our hearts towards him more frequently, more fervently, and more faithfully. And that's the idea, that's the, that should be our goal. Our goal should be, all of us, to, to pray more, to pray more sincerely, um, and to pray more effectively. So, starting on page 22, and I know, it's funny, I was 
forgive me, I was comparing a little bit. Last time, there were very few people that actually raised their hand and said that they underlined something. And when we went through this in the teen class, everybody had been in the class and we'd gone through multiple books. And so we didn't get out of a page without two or three things being underlined. And it was interesting. So I just want to encourage you. Pray before you read. Ask God to show you what he wants you to consider. And when that jumps off the page at you and you're convicted or challenged or uh, uh, motivated, encouraged, underline it. And then when we get to that page in the discussion, let us know. It does two things. Number one, I think it helps other people because it leads to a little bit of a conversation. Number two, it helps us to maybe understand where you're at a little bit and to better pray for you. Just like when we pray with somebody. When we're praying as a group and we hear somebody else's prayer, we get a sense of their heart. And that is one of the best benefits of corporate prayer. And normally smaller groups more so than you know everybody praying together. But to get a glimpse inside someone's heart is a great privilege. So I hope that over time, you guys will, who aren't used to this, will be praying before you read, will underline things, and be willing to, to share those things so that we can talk about them. All right, so page 22. Anyone underline anything, anything jump out at you? The end of the quote that I read? What in particular? And the comparison has been given ad nauseum, but I think we take it for granted. If we are to have a relationship with somebody else, there has to be communication. There has to be frequent communication. There has to be, and sometimes it's in depth, sometimes it's brief, but there's communication. And where there isn't communication, there isn't relationship. So, you know, similar to a marriage, similar to a parent and child, similar to best friends, a lot of similarities where there isn't conversation, there isn't a sense of knowing. But the more conversation there is, or the better the relationship is, the greater the desire for that communication. So <clears throat> I think I, I took this as a gut check and had to ask myself, you know, number one, am I praying just because it's on my schedule? Am I praying just because other people are listening? Or am I praying because I really want to talk to my Lord? And I believe as we have a greater desire and understand the importance and effect of prayer, it will lead to us praying more frequently and fervently and faithfully. Anything else on 22? All right. The posture. Yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> if you notice, 
a lot of the things that he's talking about here, you know, the ways and means of prayer are similar to, or tie into some of the questions that I asked. You know, does it matter where we are, how we are, who we're, ta- or who we're with, what we're wearing? He even touches on that. You know, those things are secondary. The primary is that we are praying. All right, page 23, or under the circumstances. All right, Jonathan. Yeah, I mean, so we see that people prayed just about everywhere during everything. And I think that's encouraging because there's no time or place where we can't pray. And there's some place, times and places where we're more likely to pray, but <clears throat> I think we can be comforted by the fact that wherever we are, however we are, he hears us. And you know, sometimes it is going to be that simple... Lord, help me. Lord, forgive me. You know, Lord, strengthen me. Sometimes it's going to be those, those little uh, short prayers, but that doesn't diminish the, the importance of those things. So, whenever and wherever, pray. Yes? Right. I think to the extent that you do that, I think now and later will be good, but sometimes the now is even more important than the later. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm curious. Raise your hand <clears throat> if you've ever been sharing something with somebody and they said, let's pray about that right now, and it greatly encouraged you. I mean, that is, I got goosebumps just thinking about some of the times that that's happened to me. What a tremendous blessing. Those people that are willing to do that, that are sensitive enough to do that, wow, what a, what a great blessing we have the opportunity to be um, in that place. So, yes. Sorry, Rob, go ahead. One second, Norma. And I think that is such a phenomenal opportunity, especially 
and maybe this is my bias here, especially if you don't pray like they've heard other people pray. You're not saying all the canned phrases. You're being open. You're being honest. You're being um, real. real. Yeah. And you, and, you know, just saying, hey, can I pray for you right now? Well, yeah, absolutely. What, a, what an amazing testimony to an unbeliever. And it's funny. When I went to Texas and I was uh, visiting my friend and I prayed with him a few times, like after we were done, he just like looked at me like, like he didn't know what to say. And I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, I never heard anybody pray like that. And I was encouraged. So, you know, I didn't say any magic words. I was just like, Lord, we need your help, you know. And, and he's like, you didn't use all these fancy words. And, you know, so I think, yeah, when we're real, people appreciate it. And they, they get a sense of um, your care, your, your love for them. So absolutely, we have, we have so many opportunities. Tina? Oh, sorry, Norma, yes. You're next. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've heard that a lot um, in a lot of books on prayer, and I heard that early on after becoming a Christian, and I was like, oh, that's a great idea, and that is whenever you think about somebody to pray for them, because you never know what they're going through. And I think that is a viable way to do it. But again, that shouldn't be the only time we pray. That should be an aspect of our prayer. Tina? We have plenty of opportunities, that's for sure. And I, I think, again, as we... So, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, you know, when I first invited Clara here, I just talked to her, I said, you know, is the reason that you don't come on Wednesday nights because you're nervous about praying in front of other people? She said, yes. So, here's my question. Has anybody else in the church ever asked her that? 
Right. So I think we all knew, right? But why did it take this long to ask? So, <clears throat> just saying, I think there are so many opportunities that we don't take. And I'm not pointing the finger at you guys because it took me that long as well. But we have opportunities to pray for people, to talk to people, to ask them how they're doing. And we definitely could, take, could be better at that. And I think this is the point. The more time we're spending in prayer, the closer our relationship with him, the more likely we are to be sensitive to those types of things. Because it's... I guess simply to say we are more likely to be led by the Spirit if we are in that continual prayer. Because prayer is an act of submission. And so the more we are in submission, the more likely we are self-absorbed. More, or the less likely we are self-absorbed. So, all right. Anything else on 23 in regards to the place or the time? Go ahead and read that. And as he says next, it is to be a total way of life, an open and continual communion with God. Yeah, I underlined that, that whole paragraph. And that's the goal, right? If we're not there, that's the goal, is to pray so, not just often, but so honest, so um, open, that it's not a struggle. It's not, it's not a chore. It's not a habit. And that's something I've fought my entire spiritual life is not doing something, and I'm not saying I got this conquered, but fighting the, all right, it's this time. Let me go do it and then move on so I can do something else. Yeah. And it, sometimes, so before I started reading, I had to force myself. And I think similarly, if anybody here is not in the habit of praying, set reminders. You might have to force yourself at first. Once you do that enough, you'll, you'll start to learn to love it, and then it becomes less of a, a chore. But... Don't fall into the, the pit that says, you know, oh, I'm not going to set a reminder. I want it to be natural. And then it never happens. So we all need uh, to be forced. Or better yet, have somebody that holds you accountable. Jared?
Yeah, and you know, the other side of that is if you have somebody that's always on the line, you don't have to always introduce yourself and always say goodbye. <laughs> right? They're always there. So again, there's a time and a place for those things. Go ahead. Yeah, one second, Jonathan. And to me, to me the, the time and the place idea is more so every time, every place. But that doesn't mean that it's always going to look the same. And, and this is, we've already covered this, but sometimes, well, let me say it this way. If you only ever pray in a certain chair at a certain time, yeah, that's nice, but there, it should show up in different ways, right? God doesn't want us just to uh, talk to him on a schedule. He wants us to talk to him at all times. But more importantly, I know as we get older, it's a little bit harder to get down on our knees and to get up even more so, right? But if there's a way, if there's a will, there's a way, right? I, I highly recommend, if you never pray on your knees, do it periodically at least. The, the posture of humility, um, I have found to be very helpful. So sometimes you're going to be kneeling, sometimes you're going to be sitting, sometimes you're going to be standing, sometimes you're going to be walking. You might be swimming and praying, I don't know. But... There's no time where we can't pray. It should look different, but it should... There are aspects that we don't want to neglect, I guess is my point. It's not... If you pray, you know, using the always on the line, and say, hey, what's up? Yeah, uh, help, send me some help. Uh, yeah, send me some help. Yeah, send me some help, right? And it's always me, and it's always short, that's probably not a good thing either. There should be times where we're spending focused on others. There should be times where we're uh, being more thankful. There should be times where we're considering truth and praying about that. So we got to fit all of that in. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Tina Hessler, forgive me. Mm. <laughs> Can't picture him anymore, huh? Jonathan. Yeah. Yeah, and and again, 
We're saying the same thing over and over again, but every place, every opportunity is for prayer. <laughs> so, the illustration that's neither here nor there. I was laughing when listening to your thing about like it keeps going, it keeps going, it keeps going. I'm like, that'd be a good illustration. But at the bottom of 24, under the coincidental attitudes section, uh, we would underline while we offer specific petitions for our needs and the needs of others at the same time we can rejoice and give thanks. And so. Pray. Pray or act or Acts, yeah. whatever the different ones are. But if we get too hung up on you were saying not to just be always asking for stuff, which I think is true. But to the extent that we ask God for something and then it reminds us of the way he answered prayer for someone else, there can potentially be a more natural progression the more that we're in a habit and then it becomes more like a conversation that we would have with another person, right? Exactly. Because, you know, if, if your kids are always asking you for stuff. You don't want to give them stuff. And yet the kids that don't ask, you want to give them. <laughs> At least that's how it is in my house. But to, but to <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was me. Uh, my brother. Um, so, to the extent that we have a conversation like that, hey, can you help me with this? And then we say thank you afterward. And then a little bit later, where we say something about, hey, thanks for this thing that you did the other day. And then a little bit later, we say, um, it's probably not a great parallel with God, but to the extent that we say something. They all fall short. Exactly. Exactly. So less grocery list, more conversation. Yeah. Like, one second, Paul. Like, really simple thing. We went to Kroger before we came here. We got one item. And I didn't even think about it. The lines were to the back of the store. It was, like, it was unbelievable. I've never seen lines like that. And um, this lady said, you only have one item? And I said, yes. And she said, go in front of me. And she was the next one. And I was like, thank you so much. And I was like, thank you, Lord. And I, I said it at least three times. Thank you, Lord. What a great blessing. And so, yeah, I mean, that's prayer, right? And we have the opportunity to say it in front of people at times as well. But yeah, exactly. It should be that open conversation. It's, you know, 
Lord, I really needed your help with this. I wasn't expecting this, and I know you've helped me in the past, and I know you're going to help me this time. I know that, you know, even if it doesn't work out the way that I want it to, I know that I can trust you, and thank you. Thank you for hearing me. Thank you for loving me. You know, it's, it's that open, honest conversation. That's, that's what he wants. He doesn't want you know, us repeating just things. <clears throat> All right, who is next? Paul, yes. Exactly. Yeah, and again, that's, that's the goal that it's natural and it's conversational, it's honest. And I, I think that's one of the, for me, I can only presume for everybody else, when, when I first started praying was thinking that God cared about the little things. I didn't think he really cared about the little things. And I remember saying something like that to Mike, and he said, with God, there are no little things. There are no big things. There are just things. So Mike did help me with that. Thank you, Mike. You're not supposed to say that out loud, Paul. We all thought it, but we don't have to say it. I got it from somebody else, thank you. <laughs> we both know him. And when he was talking about prayer, he used to say that, and it was funny because he was older at the time. He's gone now, so you know who it is. Um, he used to say, don't pray like old people. Otherwise, you keep repeating the same thing. Have you ever talked to somebody old on the phone? <laughs> Yeah. So for any sports fans, I'll share this later if you want to hear it, but Evan and I were talking. I have a great metaphor about the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> and it, it really, man, it hit home. It's, it's a little bit long, and I think I'll lose some people because they, they don't appreciate Michael Jordan. And so if you don't have appreciation for Michael Jordan, it, it kind of breaks down. If you do, you will... You will really like this, I think. So I'll say it after. Okay, moving on. Uh, fervency in prayer, page 25. Jonathan? Yeah. 
It makes alertness and perseverance its most valuable commodities. Again, a lot of this is saying the same thing from different perspectives. We need to be talking to God. We need to be in that constant relationship. So I heard this years ago. You ever do something? You ever, let's just put it this way. You ever sin and feel like you can't go to God? <laughs> yeah, ever, right? Ever. You, if so, you know what that's like. And there's that... So, not growing up with a dad, I can only imagine. It's like you know you did something your dad told you not to do, and you just avoid them. I'm guessing that's what it's like. Robert, you have to tell me later. Um, <clears throat> or Braden, maybe you could tell. <laughs> but, you know, you have this... This feeling like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't look at them. I can't, you know, acknowledge what I've done because I know it's wrong. And, yeah, I, w- I would agree, Paul. Over time, as our prayer lives grow, that's less of an issue. It's, it's more immediate. And I believe that's what he wants. He wants, as soon as we realize that we messed up, that we sinned, is to say, oh, Lord, and realize our insufficiency and humbly ask him at that point for forgiveness. And it doesn't talk about it in this book, but um, years ago we were going through a book. I can't remember which one it was. But he said, if we only truly confessed our sin as God sees it, and really understood what it was, he wouldn't have to chasten us. And he used the example of a, a child coming to their parents and saying, you know, I'm dad, this is what I did. I know it was wrong because of this, 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 and this. I'm ashamed, I'm embarrassed, I'm, you know, whatever. But just laid it all out, didn't hold anything back. And again, I. I don't know that we can know for certain, but as a father, aren't we more likely to accept that and not have to necessarily, and obviously the circumstances, you know, I stole your car and crashed it and, you know, did this say, you know, <laughs> there are going to be consequences, but, you know, <clears throat> there are times where we might be able to say, thank you you know, and let it go. So, I'm not trying to, again, presume upon God, though, knowing his character and how much greater he is than we are, how much merciful, more merciful he is, I think it's something to consider. All right. <clears throat> so oh, absolutely. Exactly. Especially if it's right away. I mean, there's only two, I guess. In here. Well, I guess Robert's not a kid anymore. There's only one kid in here. But let me give, take this tip to heart. You mess up, confess it quick and be honest about it. 
it will save you so much grief. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot, well, so, yeah, your parents a lot of times know, but God always knows. <laughs> the more we try to hide it, the worse off we are, that's for sure. Okay, alertness. Jim. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, a sign Kim bought. I know it's somewhere in our house. I can't remember what room. But it says, I'm thankful for the things that I used to pray about that I now have. I'm thankful for the things that I now have that I used to pray about, something like that. <clears throat> you get the idea. And I know it's not just things, but it's that remembering. It's that um, <clears throat> appreciation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If, so we get into this later, but just a, a, a preview. He talks about certain things that should be in every prayer. And one of those things is to look for an effect. Which part? Yeah, he says it more, more clearly later, and it's in a different chapter. Um, but yes, that, that's, that's, the, that's the general idea. But the point is, so even when you're praying for a meal, I, we may have even talked about this, um, when we started going through this on Sunday morning in Sunday school. But even when we're praying for a meal, there should be expectation. There should be the knowledge that God is listening and he is looking to answer us. Not, that sounds, maybe that sounds wrong, but if we're just saying, don't get me wrong, there are times where it's appropriate to say, Lord, thank you for this food. There are absolutely times where that's all that needs to be said. However, when we're praying, we should be praying with expectation. We should be praying saying, Lord, help us to be more thankful. Lord, help us to... Uh, to consider your grace and providing for all of our needs when we know others don't, don't have that. There's a million examples. But look, pray for God to do something as opposed to, again, I'm not discounting the thank you part, but thank you for this food. Um, 
I can't even think what to say. Help us to have a good day. Yes. <laughs> that is not a specific prayer, okay? Help us to have a good day. Like, oh, the, the best one for the kids. Help us to have a good time, right? Uh, <laughs> there should be something specific that we're looking for God to answer, not just, and he, he actually does get into this a little bit, yeah, I guess in the alertness, um, but talking about not just praying for fluff, I guess is the point. Okay, so, and, and I guess, so this is where I've challenged our family. I'm not saying anybody has to do this. But I said, when you pray, pray for an effect. And I tried to put in the other components too. So for example, one of the other components that he says should be a part of every prayer is the understanding of God's coming kingdom. So when we pray, we should pray in light of what's coming, not just temporarily. So... Lord, thank you for this food. Thank you for um, the ability to serve you and to look forward to your coming. Again, it's an opportunity to pray. I wasn't done. I was just giving an example of considering, <laughs> considering the God's coming kingdom. So, again, just trying to give examples. I'm not telling you that there's only one way to pray. Just we should consider when we pray, we should consider his coming kingdom. We should consider asking for, if we're going to ask for something, ask that there's an effect to see him work, not just spitting out words. Jonathan. Oh, yeah, the bottom paragraph. Exactly, exactly. So imagine this. So Jared gave the example of always being on the line. So step that up a little bit. Imagine, yeah, that's a tough one. I was going to say the president, but um, somebody that you really respect is on the line, uh, maybe a parent or a grandparent, in that you treasure their time. You know, you're... You know, and then times that, multiply that by infinity. You're not going to just say, you know, hey, you know, hey, <laughs> well, the address obviously has, has an effect. But like my, my grandma, my nana, was one of my favorite people in the whole world. And I'm not going to call my nana and say, hey, I just ate an egg. Talk to you later. You know, oh, 
okay? Now, when I was three, sure. But if I say, hey, Nana, uh, I just made eggs, and I made them the way you showed me, and they were so good. Thank you so much for You know, I'm just saying, there should be meaning. There's, it's not that we're ever wasting God's time, but we shouldn't approach him flippantly. We shouldn't, we're never interrupting him, but at the same time, we shouldn't take him for granted. Correct. Well, and, okay, so use that as an example. So I got a text the other day, and somebody said, hey, can you pray about this? And I said, absolutely. So I stopped what I was doing, and I only prayed for about 30 seconds, but I stopped what I was doing, as opposed to, oh, yeah, and Lord, help so-and-so, you know, while I'm doing something else um, with whatever he's doing, you know. I don't know what it is, but you do. So, you know, there's... <laughs> Number one, I think that shows lack of respect for the person you're praying for, but also for the God we're talking to. Be intentional. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So I think all of those things fit very well under being intentional. I think absolutely. Yes. So maybe that's more of the point you were making. Here, yes. Okay. I'm sorry. The, the expectant part comes later in the book. I was jumping ahead just to, to give an example. I apologize. Huh? A spoiler. Yeah, sorry. Spoiler alert. I should have I put that preview. Spoiler alert. All right, well, it's um, past time. Uh, sorry, Corey. But uh, so we will pick back up. Let's see how many pages we have left in the chapter. Okay, so we still got some, ch- some pages. So we'll start up on 26 next week. All right, let's pray. Perseverance, yes. All right, let's pray. Father, please help us to pray in a way that is honoring to you. I thank you for your grace and for your mercy that you don't crush us when we come to you irreverently flippantly, even casually. Father, please continue to mold us. Help us to be more intentional when we pray, to be more thoughtful, more open and honest, and to consider those around us when we are praying. Father, you are a great God.
thank you for the peace and the joy and the hope that you give to us. Thank you for your faithfulness. Please grow us. Help us to be more faithful in how we live and how we pray. Father, use us and change us and do so so that Jesus Christ would be exalted. Amen.